Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Today we were looking at Acts chapter 9 and uh, seeing how Paul the persecutor had become Paul the persecuted. But he made his way back to Jerusalem, Colin, and uh, the disciples, although suspicious of him at first, realized that his conversion was genuine. And then uh, we finish yesterday's program with the story of Aeneas, how Peter prayed a simple prayer in the name of Jesus for his healing. Aeneas responded and many were saved. Yes, for this section of the Acts of the Apostles, Peter becomes the dominant central figure that we're um, hearing of various events from his ministry. And the healing of Aeneas is followed by something that perhaps to us is even more remarkable. Uh, In verse 36, there was a disciple in Joppa named Tabitha, otherwise known as Dorcas. She was continually doing good by serving others, especially helping the poor. But she became sick and died. Her body was washed and laid upstairs. The disciples in Joppa heard that Peter was in Lydda, which was nearby, so they sent two brothers to him to beg him to come immediately to Joppa. Peter went with them, and on his arrival at the house was taken immediately to the upstairs room. All the widows had gathered to mourn and showed Peter the clothes Dorcas had made for the poor. Peter asked them all to leave the room. He sank to his knees and prayed. Then he turned to the dead woman and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. Peter took her by the hand and helped her to stand. Then he called in the other believers and widows and presented her to them alive and well. So yesterday we heard about Peter fulfilling the commission that Jesus had given to heal the sick. Now we see he's fulfilling the commission to raise the dead. And I was making the point yesterday that Peter did not pray long prayers over Aeneas. He simply spoke the words of authority, the words of command, the words of release over Aeneas, and it says immediately he was healed. And he does the same thing here with Tabitha. He he, uh, simply speaks the word of release, of healing. Tabitha, get up. Uh, It was as simple as that. Now, I think, you know, we... We tend to think that in the natural, raising the dead is going to be so, so um, difficult, really. But you see, for Peter, it was easy. All he did was say, Tabitha, get up. He didn't say in the name of Jesus or anything, did he? No, no, he just commanded her to be restored. Now, beforehand, he prayed. And this is where the prayer comes in. He didn't pray over the body of Tabitha or Dorcas, he prayed to the Lord he needed to be in the place with God whereby he knew the will and the purpose of God and what he was to do. So we can imagine, I mean, I've been in sort of similar circumstances myself, you, you, you can therefore imagine that Paul, uh, sorry, Peter is, is just wanting to get that assurance from the Lord that when he commands, Tabitha or Dorcas is going to be restored to life. And so all he has to do, you know, is to obey what the Spirit tells him to do. So he would have prayed to the point where the Spirit said to him, right, now just stand up and command her healing. 
So he gets up off his knees, Tabitha, get up. And immediately she's restored to life. So what we see is that the prayer is not over the dead body. Just like with Aeneas yesterday, the prayer was not over Aeneas himself, not praying long prayers over him. The business of prayer you do with the Lord in relationship with him. And then you are in the place where you can command in the name of God and he will do the work, the healing, the raising the dead. Now, of course, this is what Jesus did. When we look in the Gospels, we don't see Jesus praying long prayers over people or anything like that. He just says, get up and walk, be opened. Uh, even miracles um, over uh, the, uh, the elements, peace be still, and the, and the storm was calmed. But Jesus was the man of prayer. And he would draw aside by himself. He would be with the Father. He would be in that place of unity with the Father, whereby he could do these works in the name of his Father, because he said, these works that I do are not my works. They're the works of the one who sent me. So uh, the, re the relationship with God is, is where we focus the prayer. Then when we are suddenly put in a situation where we need to see the life and the love and the power of God, we can be open and sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and we can see the power of God go forth. So Peter was just making sure that he was praying according to the will of God. Well, <clears throat> he, what, what he would have been doing was submitting himself to God. Rather than that, I mean... Uh, you see, when you're in this kind of situation, you know there's nothing you can do. You, you can't heal this person. You can't raise this dead person or whatever the situation may be. So what you are doing is really submitting yourself. When you pray in this way, you, you're sort of humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God so that in due course he will exalt you. Or in this case, he will raise up the sick person or the, or the person that's died or whatever it is. Now, of course, this does not, you see, give us leave to say, right, um, then every time somebody that has died, we can raise them. I mean, I've, I've known believers with the very best of intentions get themselves into terrible, terrible mess in trying to do that and often causing a very bad witness to, to non-believers. So you do have to be in that place of submission to God and you know that what you are doing is in obedience to God. Paul talks about the obedience of faith. I was, I was um, talking to our students only yesterday, and uh, I was, I'm doing a series of lectures on faith. And this particular occasion, I told them of a series of miracles at different times um, that I've witnessed in my own ministry. And you see, uh, you know, they, they love to hear these stories. And there were some astonishing things that God had done over the years. I won't go into all the details now. But I said to them at the end, now, can you see what I did in each one of those situations? All I did was just obey what the Spirit told me to do. That's all I did. And, you know, sometimes people who witness these things thought, wow, what faith, what boldness of faith. And, and yet, you see, 
to me it wasn't that at all. I was simply being obedient to what God was telling me to do. And you see, that's not difficult. If, if, you, if you hear what the Spirit is saying and you do what the Spirit says, then the outcome is in the hands of God, not you. It's not your responsibility. All you have done is what God told you to do. Now, this is why Peter prayed first. He got down on his knees. He prayed. He knew that he needed to be in the place where all he had to do was obey what God told him to do. Now, you don't get all that, of course, um, in the narrative here because it doesn't explain all the um, all the internal things that were going on inside Peter. This is not Peter giving you that kind of information. But this is what would have been going on. The, what the scripture does is to simply tell us what happened. Peter prayed, then he got up. But when he got up, he didn't pray over Dorcas. He commanded the healing, get up. He just commanded her to get up. And she got up. It all seems so quiet and so orderly, Colin, in a day when we're used to having uh, a lot of noise, a lot of shouting, almost theatrical performances, some might say, when it comes to the healing ministry. Yeah, well, I'm not in favor of theatrics. You know, I've been there. I know, I know when you're in a public arena, it's possible very easily to become theatrical when God starts to move, but you don't have to be. And and I believe when once people start getting theatrical, they get proud, and they're trying to sort of stir up um, a kind of emotional response. Uh, I'm not that kind of person. I just want to, I just want to see God work. I want to see that He gets all the glory. And I, you know, I'm just so conscious that I can't do anything of myself. I mean, Jesus says this: you can do nothing of yourself. Therefore. Uh, you don't need to be theatrical if you're obeying the Holy Spirit. All you need to do is to do what the Spirit tells you to do, and when you see the results, to give all the glory, honor, and praise to God. So there's absolutely no need to whip up a frenzy first? No, because if you whip up emotion, that's not faith. Now, you know, I've seen, I've been in situations where several people have got out of wheelchairs and walked and, and things like that. And you can imagine the excitement that is um, produced by seeing that happen uh, in the congregation. But you don't have to whip that up. In fact, um, on the occasion I'm thinking of, I didn't even pray. I didn't even say anything to any of the people in the wheelchair. God just said to me, go and lift that person out of the wheelchair. And I did. Then he said this one and then this one. And you see, again, it was sheer obedience to what the Spirit of God is telling me to do. If I had prayed over these people, I would have been disobedient because he didn't tell me to pray. He just said, lift this person out of the wheelchair and that one. And I mean, I'm talking about real healings, not, you know, trying to trying to get someone to stand and then to walk. I mean, they were just immediately healed and just walked, walked away on their own without support from anybody else. And, and that, you see, is God. It's not me. I didn't do it. He did it. I couldn't do that. He did it. Our place is to trust God and be obedient to whatever he says. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 